0: Chapter One of Book One of Dark Hollow This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording in a Dutch accent by Ernst Patinama. Dark Hollow by Anna Catherine Green. Book One The Woman in Purple. CHAPTER I. WHERE IS BELLA? A high and narrow gate of carefully joined boards, standing ajar in a fence of the same construction. What is there in this, to rouse a whole neighbourhood, and collect before it a group of eager, anxious, hesitating people? I will tell you. This fence is no ordinary fence, and this gate no ordinary gate. Nor is the fact of the latter standing a trifle open one to be lightly regarded or taken an inconsiderate advantage of. For this is Judge Ostrander's place, and any one who knows Shelby or the gossip of its suburbs knows that this house of his has not opened its doors to any outsider, man or woman, for over a dozen years. Nor have his gates, in saying which i include the great one in front been seen in all that time to gape at any one's instance or to stand unclosed to public intrusion no not for a moment the seclusion sort was absolute the men and women who passed and repassed this corner many times a day were as ignorant as the townspeople in general of what lay behind the grey monotonous exterior of the weather-beaten boards they so frequently brushed against. The house was there, of course—they all knew the house, or did once—but there were rumours—no one ever knew how they originated—of another fence, a second barrier, standing a few feet inside the first, and similar to it in all respects even to the gates which corresponded exactly with these outer and visible ones and probably were just as fully provided with bolts and bars to be sure these were reports rather than acknowledged facts but the possibility of their truth roused endless wonder and gave to the eccentricities of this well-known man a mysterious significance which lost little or nothing In the slow passage of years and now in the freshness of this summer morning without warning or any seeming reason for the change the strict habit of years has been broken into and this gate of gates is not only standing unlocked before their eyes but a woman a stranger to the town as her very act shows has been seen to enter there to enter but not come out which means that she must still be inside and possibly in the very presence of the judge where is bella why does he allow his errands but it was bella or so they have been told who left this gate ajar he the awe and terror of the town the enormous redoubtable close-mouthed negro trusted as man is seldom trusted and faithful to his trust yes up to this very hour all must acknowledge in spite of every temptation and there had been many and alluring to disclose the secret of this home of which he was not the least interesting factor what has made him thus suddenly careless he who has never been careless before money a bribe from the woman who had entered there impossible to believe his virtue has always been so impeccable his devotion to his strange and dominating master so sturdy and so seemingly unaffected by time and chance yet what else was there to believe there stood the gate with a pebble holding it away from the post and here stood half the neighbourhood staring at that pebble and at the all but invisible crack it made where an opening had never been seen before in a fascination which had for its motif not so much the knowledge that these forbidden precincts had been invaded by a stranger as that they were open to any intruding foot that they themselves if they had courage enough might go in just as this woman had gone in and see why what she is seeing now the unknown unguessed reason for all these mysteries the hidden treasure or the hidden sorrow which would explain why he their first citizen the respected even revered judge of their highest court should make use of such precautions and show such unvarying determination to bar out all comers from the place he called his home it had not always been so within the memory of many there it had been an abode of cheer and good fellowship not a few of the men and women now hesitating before its portals could boast of meals taken at the judge's ample board, and of evenings spent in animated conversation in the great room where he kept his books and did his writing. But that was before his son left him in so unaccountable a manner, before—yes, all were agreed on this point—before that other bitter ordeal of his middle age the trial and condemnation of the man who had waylaid and murdered his best friend though the effect of these combined sorrows had not seemed to be immediate one month had been seen both though a half-year had elapsed before all sociability was lost in extreme self-absorption and a full one before he took down the picket fence which had hitherto been considered a sufficient protection to his simple grounds and put up these boards which had so completely isolated him from the rest of the world it was evident enough to the friends who recalled his look and step as he walked the streets with Algernon etheridge on one side and his brilliant ever successful son on the other that the change now observable in him was due to the violent sundering of these two ties affections so centred wreck the lives from which they are torn and time which reconciles most men to their losses, had failed to reconcile him to his. Grief slowly settled into confirmed melancholy, and melancholy into the eccentricities of which I have spoken, and upon which I must now enlarge a trifle further, in order that the curiosity and subsequent action of the small group of people in whom we are interested may be fully understood, and, possibly, in some degree, pardoned judge ostrander was as i have certainly made you see a recluse of the most uncompromising type but he was such for only half his time from ten in the morning till five in the afternoon he came and went like any other citizen fulfilling his judicial duties with the same scrupulous care as formerly and with more affability indeed he showed at times, and often when it was least expected, a mellowness of temper quite foreign to him in his early days. The admiration awakened by his fine appearance on the bench was never marred now by those quick and rasping tones of an easily disturbed temper which had given edge to his invective when he stood as pleader in the very court where he now presided as judge. But away from the bench, once quit of the court-house in the town the man who attempted to accost him on his way to his carriage or sought to waylay him at his own gate had need of all his courage to sustain the rebuff his presumption incurred one more detail and i will proceed with my story the son, a man of great ability who was making his way as a journalist in another city had no explanation to give of his father's peculiarities though he never came to shelby the rupture between the two if rupture it were seeming to be complete there were many who had visited him in his own place of business and put such questions concerning the judge and his eccentric manner of living as must have provoked response had the young man had any response to give but he appeared to have none Either he was as ignorant as themselves of the causes which had led to his father's habit of extreme isolation, or he showed powers of dissimulation, hardly in accordance with the other traits of his admirable character, all of which closed inquiry in this direction, but left the more of curiosity unsatisfied. And unsatisfied it had remained up to this hour, when, through accident—or was it treachery— the barrier to knowledge was down, and the question of years seemed at last upon the point of being answered. End of Chapter One of Book One of Dark Hollow, recording by Ernst Patinama.